impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for monetization and fun on the internet. My name is Steve Warner. Today, I am joined by Shira Lazar. Shira is a media entrepreneur. She has a What's Trending Now on YouTube. She also has an amazing Instagram and a ton of followers. She's super fun. She's from California. We've had a couple conversations off camera. I am so glad that you are here. How are yeah, you doing thank today? Thank you for having me. What? How are you doing today? Good. I'm, I live in California now, but I am Canadian. Shout out to the Canadians out there. The Canadians are always friendly. What Do you like beer? I was not ever into beer. I was never a beer person. Now I'm a Michelada person and I'll do maybe one beer. Maybe one. All right. Do you yeah. like hockey? I also, because I was more of an artsy person growing up, my family never got me into all the things they were supposed to get me into <laughs> to be a proud Canadian. Well, we'll leave that for a second. <laughs> I want to know how you became a media entrepreneur, because that is so many people have tried to break through into the quote, like influencer space, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you have done an amazing job, but you've done it a little bit differently than most people. You do it through interviewing other people and building out all the other people around you. And through that, they've lifted you up. That's what I've seen anyway. I would love to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started out and I still am like my, my foundational passion is broadcasting, hosting and interviewing and different forms of storytelling, depending on the platform. And it, it made me become a media entrepreneur. When I started out, um, you know, I was wanting to be a host on traditional platforms, obviously. Back in the day, it was either you go to local news stations or you get a job at MTV or E, which was, there wasn't a lot of options there. And so as I started to move my way up in the hosting entertainment world here, I started seeing there was a gap. There was an opportunity with digital. I was meeting a lot of people that started websites. They were needing video. And because I just wanted to practice my craft, I started working with a lot of those sites. Well, what I thought was a stepping stone ended up becoming the thing, right? The niche. And so I, through my practice of practicing what I loved, it ended up moving me into what would become my career, which is always interesting, right? Which is why I always say like, trust the path. And it's always in hindsight that you can trust, but as you continue, you get to create that trust as you, as you're going versus when you look back. Uh, but I, I then, you know, after a few years of hosting here in Los Angeles and working with the different companies, websites, yahoo.com, Verizon had their digital property, uh, Hollywood.com, wireimage.com, like so many dot coms. Uh, I, I saw an opportunity to start interviewing people uh, with my phone. And this is even before the iPhone came around. And as I was doing that myself, I started pitching it to news networks or sites, news sites. And I ended up um, stumbling on cbsnews.com or getting an 
meeting with the head of cbsnews.com. And at the time there wasn't an, a job available, but I was just like, let me do this. You don't need to pay me a lot. Just give me the opportunity to do it. Like I'll give you free content. I have access to celebrities and all that. Why not? It's a win-win for everyone. And so, you know, from there, that's really where what's trending my current company came to be, where I started to see the growth of the viral video star the social media star. It wasn't even an influencer at that point. For me, I felt like I saw their influence. Uh, there was pickup from a lot of blogs and they'd be maybe on talk shows or Ellen a few weeks later or a few months later, like any human interest story. Uh, but I saw the gap where they weren't being interviewed right away on video. So I started interviewing them right away on video, getting the exclusive before like the major networks. And then when you would search their video, mine would come up too. And so with that, I realized, okay, there's a thing here. And that's when Witch Trending came to be where I was like, okay, I think I'm finally ready to make this into a show where it's like for the internet, by the internet. Um, and after that launched in May of 2011, and we got a lot of attention for what we were doing because we were the first at the time with a major news network, I got very publicly fired. Um, and at that point, that's when I became an entrepreneur <laughs> because I, I, I got fired uh, from CBS News I mean, they really, they let go of what's trending. They parted ways with what's trending, but I was very much attached to it. It was what's trending with Shira Lazar. So it was my name. That's what you get for adding your name to a title. Um, but, you know, at that time we had a bit of money left in the bank and, you know, we went even to Mark Cuban and we were like, help us. And he's like, well, do you believe in what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, if, we're, if we weren't doing this, someone else would be creating this right now. And so he said to me, so you continue. Are you telling me you can't like, figure out how to raise 50k or 80k and he's like I'll, I'll give you a spot on hdnet which was his network but like i'm not paying you for this right now because it's just not what i'm looking for but i want to support you but that was the support the tough love was the support and we hunkered down and it went from being a show and i was a host and a talent to kind of learning uh the ways of entrepreneurship and building out my own company um which once again started as a show and then since then over the past decade We've been around for a decade. We've become more of a publisher. We had an agency side to what we were doing for a bit, you know, working with Fortune 500 companies, uh, you know, hiring influencers to do stuff and create content and social. Uh, and so we've we've seen the waves of the internet and social media, the highs and lows. So there is a ton in Sorry, there. that was a rant. And I know you told me not to go on a rant, but like no, once no. You get that story, once you get started, I'm like, okay, I just need to close it up. I don't think anybody thought that was a rant. I want to unpack some of it though. Um, mm -hmm. The first thing I want to unpack is you, you started with your phone in 2009, yeah. 2008, like way back before, yeah. like yeah. maybe the very eight, first seven. iPhone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a Blackberry, but you started with Nokia. your phone, a Nokia. <laughs> you started with your phone and you just started doing it. So many people, I think today, I, I've met so many people like, quote, like entrepreneurs, right? I love Gary Vee. I'm, you have to pay me though. You have to pay me. I want a hundred K. I want 80 K just to even get started. Well, show me that you're doing it. Like well, the thing I love about Gary Vee's story, because anyone who tells me they like Gary Vee, I'm like, he did how many episodes of wine library TV before he ever got anywhere. You did the same thing. You were like, okay, I've got this phone. I'm just going to start interviewing people because you said something you were practicing your passion. You were passionate about doing it. So you were like, let me just go do it. 
Artists who are successful, creators are, who are successful, just go do the thing, right? They find ways to monetize it, which you did, but they're passionate about going and doing what you did. So I want to talk a little bit about like when you got picked up by CBS, when you talked to them, did behind the scenes, were you like doing cartwheels and backflips because they agreed to pay you a little bit of money? Like, how did that conversation go? How did you feel internally? Yeah, I guess I, I knew it was a big deal. I was still doing other jobs at the time because it wasn't a full-time job. Uh, and I guess, and I think this is like the story of my life where I do things and I know that it has, there's, you know, what's called something to it that people are like impressed by, but I'm just kind of going and living in it. So sometimes you don't see it yourself. Right. Uh, and so, which like, that's a good thing. And also a bad thing, like, because you get to acknowledge yourself and see where you're at and celebrate that in many ways. Uh, but I, I did see that there was something special. Like I did notice. And also in hindsight, like, People, when you say, oh, I work with CBS News and I want to do an interview with you, like they will say yes. Like there are certain outlets you work with and I've worked for all types of outlets from my own to others, to credible ones like CBS News or just like legacy ones. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference in terms of the response you get. And that's also becomes a bit hard because you start identifying with that uh, response or being part of something like that. And then if you either lose that or you're not part of it, you put a lot of your worth towards like, oh, I lost something that gave me value. Uh, and so that becomes its own journey to unpack in many ways, like how much you attach your value to something outside of you and the feeling that you're quote unquote important. Uh, and then you're not important if you don't have that. <laughs> so that's a whole other thing. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a minute. I want to, I want to go back on just like yeah, so I was excited. I I I saw I saw the um, importance, and then, you know, I, you know, a year or two years through, uh, at that point, I was like, okay, I want to do something bigger with this, and that's what the idea of what's trending came to be. But you know, it took a year or so of going out with the sales team mm-hmm. to launch it, and even then, you know, when, yeah, when we did get the money at every point, it just was like, okay, this is really cool, but there was never time to kind of acknowledge that and. take a pause and enjoy it because you're always like, okay, but we need to do something with this. Right. I I, I feel like that is, so there are a couple themes right there, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurs, we always, we have that goal and then we hit the goal and then maybe we celebrate it for like 30 seconds and we're like, woo, I got money. I'm on CBS. But then you're like, you take one second. This is where it's like, for me, I take one second. I try to, I have to practice this to look behind me and be like, where did I come from? Like, holy crap, but that's a part a lot of us miss. And then it's like, okay, what's the next thing? How am I moving forward? How am I, how am I using this? Yeah. Or how do I do this well? Right. Because then a lot of people skip the celebration part, which you should celebrate uh, and do the work. And then they uh, miss out on a moment of acknowledgement of themselves and where they're at. And perspective. And then the other part is other people just stick in the celebration that they don't do the work that needs to be done to keep that going and to live up to their promises. <laughs> so I think there's right. a balance between the t- those two things. And uh, yeah, that was an interesting time also because I had, uh, a, I had support from certain people and I didn't have support from other people. A lot of people there did not know what the hell I was doing, why I was hired. And uh, even then, I remember 
I was, I had balls. Like I was going to the evening news executive producer to the morning shows executive producers and trying to pitch and pitching, going to VidCon and doing coverage and them not getting why it's important. And then meanwhile, fast forward, like five years later, one of the producers that I had pitched to at that time was now working for, I think like CNBC or MSNBC, one of those. And she's at Buffer Festival, which is like a video social media conference in Toronto doing a whole series on the industry and all that stuff. And she goes to me, oh my God, I remember when you pitched us VidCon and we passed. <laughs> and you're like, yep. But that's yeah, I was always early. I've always been early and I've always been, which has its pros and cons. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about, I want to talk about that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that this, they, they get started and they're like, oh, this is going to be easy. And you, I think you, you just kind of spoke to that. Like, not only did you have balls to go pitch all this, but you kept going with it. Like you didn't, you didn't stop once. And then I guess we'll just jump into like, what did it feel like when CBS was like, nope, you got to go do your own thing. Like, because that's when they, when they, uh, when they fired me. Yeah. Like, well, there was I mean, an event that happened that led to that. What was frustrating about that is everyone just went silent. And then I just found out through the press and that hurt after working with people for a few years. And uh, it felt like I wasn't a human. Like I just was a, a thing that, that didn't deserve any sort of explanation or uh, a real conversation or to understand what happened. And so that was really difficult to feel like there was almost like no closure, like it was a breakup. And that because when you have no closure, it can bring up a lot of things that you think about yourself and blame yourself for instead of saying, well, it happened circumstantially and I take accountability for it. And it just, um, as um, Light Watkins, who's my meditation teacher and has a really great newsletter similar to Matthew McConaughey and Green Lights. He talked about, you know, the idea of getting fired or we always think about when something ends, you know, how something was taken from us and looking at it as well, it's not something that taken was taken from us. It, it was the universe was giving us the opportunity to do something else <laughs> or an opening for something else. Right. Uh, but of course we get caught up in the, the, the other one because uh, because we have our own limiting beliefs and a lot of our own self-doubts and we like to have, we find things to feed into that. So as things happen in life, oh, it's a reminder. Let's go back into my archive of shittiness, shitty thoughts about myself, like unworthiness. This happened. Oh, that fits into that. Let's like get into that. Right. And so for me, what, when that happened, it, um, triggered a lot of already, um, thoughts of unworthiness and um, yeah, that like, I, I couldn't handle stuff. I can't trust myself. I, I mess up, I fuck up and it fit into that story. And it was something I really had to work the next, I would say decade on breaking through. Um, and it led me towards like, after that, I, I went through a, you could say a, a bit of a depression and uh, acting out a lot rebelling against my entire life um, while perception wise, we were continuing to go and there was a lot of success. We got nominated for an Emmy. We won all these awards, but I kind of had lost myself. And then I was like attaching myself to any success that we could find after that major failure or what was considered a, a failure or a bit of a, 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 a gap or um, a, a hump in my life. <laughs> like, uh, well, that's, I mean, 
you, you just, I mean, you touched on the entrepreneur journey because it's whatever is going on, we're going to have peaks and valleys. Like some things are worse than others. Some things are better than others, but you touched on how it like the minute something bad happens, it causes us to question ourselves. And I think the more we grow personally and have the resiliency and the tools to handle that, the better, yeah. like the faster and the higher the peaks we go and that chart trends upwards. One of my good friends actually totally. has something, uh, he calls it being fired up. And he's mm. like, when you get fired, if you look at it the right way, you're always gonna come out better. You're gonna get a better job. You're gonna have better circumstances. You're gonna get paid more, gives you a chance to do the things that you want. It goes back, we were talking about Matthew McConaughey's book before this. Um, Life is conspiring for you. It's like failing forward, right? Yep. Like it's like the, that idea. And I, and I think we don't want to delete or diminish experiences. Like Never. I think that when you go through something and what you consider a, a failure or a misstep, you you get to process that and feel it. And there could be wounds that are probably opened up from other things, or they, they could be new wounds. Um, and I think that's fine. And that goes back to having the support system so that when you're going through that, you, you don't get stuck in that and you can move forward. And I guess, you know, coming out of that whole thing with CBS and, and, you know, coming back on top, we definitely did do that. My personal life was still a bit in shambles. Um, and at the time of my life, like my personal and professional life were definitely very separate. Like, which I think a lot of us, including when we're younger or whenever we go, we then go through a changing of the tide uh, where we realize like, oh, everything leaks into the other, right? How you do anything is how you do everything. So ultimately, if this part of your life is messed up, like don't act like it's not going to influence this part of our, your life. It's all connected, right? At the time, I I didn't see it as that. I thought I could put on the, you know, the mask, and mm -hmm. act like it was okay. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, it was influencing how I approached myself professionally and, and the people around me and how I led by example as a leader. And, you know, the, the chaos, you could only hide it for so long. It will come out somehow. And so, you know, I think the, my journey um, as an entrepreneur and then just as like a human trying to be happy and, and live a joyful life was realizing that I get to, you know, if things are coming up, I get to deal with it. And like, you can only put things off for so long before they erupt. And, um, and then I get to get, have the support and, and have a therapist or have mentors and talk through things and realize that it's not going to, there's not a perfect way to handle something, but not handling it is worse than trying to handle it. Absolutely. Um, I think that is, I mean, that's one of the, you touched on having mentors, you touched on having like a personal growth curve, like that learning to deal with stuff and just facing it head on. Um, one of the other signs I have on my desk is easy conversations equal a hard life, hard conversations equal an easy life. That came from a Tim Ferriss interview. I don't remember oh, wow. who was interviewing, but I find that like very, if you learn to just face the things that are challenging you learn that one, they're never as challenging as we think they are. It's always the pain in our head of like thinking about dealing with something. Yeah. But then the second thing is like, once you, once you do that, like, yeah, it might not be fun, but it's going to lead you to, to growth and to a better place. Having those mentors to fall back on or to learn from always, always are helpful. One of the things that I took away from, I can't remember what book it was. I think it might've been 
Tony Robbins money book, Hmm. people that are billionaires still have business coaches. They still have mentors. They still have people that they're learning from. You never quote, make it right. Or stop learning or stop, you know, your journey never ends because we're like onions where we have layers and then things happen in life that bring up things all the time, triggers, limiting beliefs, things you thought you had dealt with that, you know, it's not linear, right? That's also something I always say, like, just because you feel like you've overcome something, you know, I think it's even funny. I I find myself doing this where I'm like, well, I thought I got over that. I thought I dealt with that. And you're like, nope, there's still more to face and that's okay. And I think if you have the compassion for yourself that that's okay, then you can invite yourself into that conversation in a more loving way, even if it's going to be a quote unquote hard experience, which is why, you know, and we've talked about this, I believe before, I don't know if I, I shared this with you, like the idea of the inner hustle, like the work and and, um, it's something that I'm really branding, I guess, which is funny. Um, Or looking to share more of the idea, like I, I, Gary V obviously is ultimate hustler, even though he's kind of trying to, um, move, move back from that idea because of the toxic nature of it. And, you know, but he, he would even call me like a hustler and Mark Cuban would call me a hustler. All these amazing people around me who I look up to be like, yeah, you work so hard. You're such a hustler. And you start getting into that identity. Right. And then everything you do is just like who you are. And for me, it's about doing that inner work and like the work that you're putting into the, the external, putting that hard work into being the hustler to your inner hustle, right? And like, what does that look like for you? Because it looks differently for everyone. We all have our own things that we get to overcome, but it's like giving the time and space for that. And that's what we typically don't do, which is why we end up being in reactive mode to everything. Well, that's, um okay. So this, this interview was going to be about social media influence. Oh, yeah, sorry. Interviews. No, no, this is a great <laughs> rabbit hole. I mean, anyone who knows me and follows the show knows we always well, do. We could go back to it. Bring it back. You can bring it oh, back. Oh, we will. Questions. We will. But everyone who follows me knows we always get into personal development. So I have two, two kind of pointed questions that came out of that. And then we'll come back to some social yeah. media stuff. But that's okay. Um, I like where this is going. So the first one is I love the idea of like, of the inter hustler, right? Like hustle for yourself. The inner um, hustle. So talk to me about, I know that for each person it's different, right? But what do you see as like, if somebody's like, okay, how does that look like? Like what's something tangible that I can do today to work on myself? Like what is something that you would tell people to do? I know like yoga, meditation, those things probably resonate with you. Yeah, I, I would say- you know, yeah, meditation, whatever that means to you, it could be getting a teacher to learn Vedic or transcendental to using a calm, you know, the calm app, finding that um, moment to, uh, to uh, slow down the mind, to get the mind empty for a moment, right? Or to have the practice of ideas and thoughts coming up, and you consciously being okay with that and letting them go. That's meditation. It's not about you know, fully quieting the mind. There's no right or wrong way to do it. People say, well, I, I have thoughts that come up. I'm like, that's the point. It's about the, the one moment where you're allowed having thoughts come up and you actually, the point is that you don't deal with it. You don't do anything about it. You actually just like witness it and let it go. And so that practice then really allows you to deal with those things when they come up in everyday life um, and slow things down. It's kind of like, uh, what's uh, the Keanu Reeves movie, The Matrix, when he goes, everything's flying at him and he slows down and he goes 
all the way back and things are flying past him. I describe when you're like, the results of meditation and mindfulness are that. <laughs> you could be the calm in the storm, right? Uh, so that, that practice um, and, you know, changing those habits. I re like read Atomic Habits. That's an amazing book, by the way. Um, getting outside in nature, we're so stuck on our screens right? We're so stuck on our screens and our phones, getting outside to take a break from that so that you can really come back to you to find your inner compass, inner wisdom. I think that we've become such like a Google society or society of like validating what we know and feel by asking people their thoughts. When you go, when you journal also in the morning or the night and then, and just go outside and disconnect yourself from that noise, you can really gather your thoughts and really understand and hear yourself and what feels right. Um, so yeah, journaling for me is really important. You know, getting also that, I say mental masturbation, get it out, get all those thoughts and feelings out that are like clogging your brain. Um, and then gratitude, gratitude lists. At any point when I'm, when I either, um, when I find myself complaining, I take notice and then shift into what's the gift here? what can I be grateful for right now? Um, constantly. Right. Um, and even when I'm not complaining, having that practice in the morning and the night, and then sending the, like the intention for the next day, for me, that is like a daily habit and routine. And like, the more I do it, the more it becomes ingrained. Uh, I'm a big fan of therapy too. I'm just a big fan of having a safe space to share everything and to work through things that are coming up so that you, um, you are there for yourself and you can build that compassionate muscle, but then also take accountability and find solutions versus pointing a finger at everything around you. Um, you point the finger at yourself in a loving way to say like, okay, I can't control what other people do around me, but I can control in the nicest way myself and my actions and who I am. Um, that gets you more clear on your your value system and your deal breakers and also where you want to be in integrity in your life. That's, I mean, that's huge. I think, I mean, you covered a lot of things. I know. I, I kind know. of like that was a, but oh, it was I mean, good. those are like the tent poles because um, once again, it's not linear, but there are tools to add to your tool belt so that as you go through this process of life or with entrepreneurship, parenthood, whatever we're all going through, we get to fall back on these things. These are like our extra safety blanket support systems instead of it being, being things that don't support us like toxic behavior or, you know, addiction or falling back on things outside of us um, to fill gaps. We fall back on ourselves. Well, that's, I mean, you touched on, you touched on a lot of things. If you're listening to this, I think the first thing that I would recommend, if you're looking, just set aside 30 minutes a day that you can journal, go for a walk, do meditation, do something for 30 minutes and build that habit. Start small. Yeah, um, that's like the better way to say it. Yeah, start small. But I mean, in Atomic Habits, they even say like changing habit, it could be two minutes for literally a month. And by the time you hit that month, you've been doing everything for two minutes that you're like, well, I could do this for longer. The two minutes, this is ridiculous, yeah. right? But yeah, like, I, I mean, I usually in the morning, I try to set an, an hour aside. So- and the 5 a.m. rule too, they talk about like the, I think it's 2020, 20, 20, 20, yeah. 
yep. where you do 20 minutes of meditation, 20 minutes of physical activity, 20 minutes of learning, like reading, learning something new, uh, and 20 minutes of like journaling. Yep. That's... And so that is the, yeah, great breakdown also. I mean, there's, there are a lot out there, but just don't get overwhelmed. I know when I first heard all this stuff in 2014, I was like, I built like a three more three hour morning routine. I was like, this sucks. But then it it dialed back to an hour and it was something I could stick to. And I've now done it for six years, seven years. And it's by, yeah. And by the way, I'm not the person that's going to be like, and if you don't do it every day, your life's going to fall apart. Like I, I'm definitely that person that some days I can't hit it. Or I'll just do the meditation. Some days I'll do all of it. Some days I'll do a few. They've just become the backbone, right? Yeah. The foundation. And then- you know, you, you go into the day intentionally, like the night before knowing, okay, what do I need to do? I work back to do that. And sometimes it doesn't happen and that's okay. Tomorrow's a new day that goes back to like having levity in it all and, and being playful with it all. Cause if you take it too seriously, you lose the point of it all because we're trying to get ourselves out of a point of taking ourselves too seriously. We're trying to heal ourselves, not to hurt ourselves more. Well, that's yeah. The, the other thing that you touched on, which I think it's an ongoing theme of the show is you take responsibility for yourself. First and foremost, you can't control everything in the world. You can't control yeah. what happens to you, but you can control your response and responding versus reacting is always going to lead you to a better place. Yeah. You know, you, I remember a couple of years ago, somebody challenged me. I was really upset um, because I had spent a bunch of money on something and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. And my ego was like, they're wrong. And the, per my coach at the time challenged me. They said, what are you getting out of that? Mm, like you're just yeah. being upset for now. It, it had gone on a couple weeks and oh, I had written a yeah. bunch of emails and like, it was, uh, it was like this ongoing like feud. And they were like, if you got the money back, it, sure. You'd have more money in your bank account, but how much time and energy and negativity have you spent? And how is that affecting everything else in your life? And is it really, if you don't like it, just move on. Like, and it, it, I, like, I had to sit with that. And I remember like yelling at him. I was like, you're wrong. They owe me. Like, it's wrong that they're doing this. It's wrong. They're getting away with it. Said so all that might be true, but is it really bettering anything for you right now? And I was like, no, it's not serving me. They were like, is it serving you? You can, you can make a note of it. Like, I would, I would encourage anyone listening. I won't go down any more rabbit hole like that, but that's, that is a good practice to be in. Is anger serving you? Is resentment serving you? Is oh. having a grudge? Well, those are heavy things, right? Yeah. So it's like, think of it as a bag you're holding over your back energetically. Yep. Like the more you have for me, anything that is a negative vibe, which is, you know, we know this things, hate, yep. um, jealousy, resentment, grudges, uh, any of that, that and secrets is a big, that's a big one. Secrets and lies <laughs> that continues to be a heavy weight and a burden to carry that you are carrying and imagine how much that is stopping you that weight from having joy in your life and freedom. There is no freedom when you have that on you. That is like the opposite of freedom, right? And so let go of your own shackles, Right. Like you've already once I think once you already have put out there, like you've communicated what you thought about a scenario, you know, you yourself have done some processing, felt it, looked at why that happened, what you would do differently. 
there's only so much you could do at that point. You can't control the way someone else is going to react or what they're going to do. You've already done your part. You get to, at that point, let it go and move on. That's and learn your lessons. Yep. Right? Take what you can, take what serves yeah. you and leave the rest. Um, one of my other mentors, just to echo your point is they said, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Like when you forgive somebody, it just frees up all that mental space of like resentment, anger, frustration you were holding towards somebody. And like, I took that to heart and forgave some people from my past for things and like instantly cleared all of that. And it allowed me to move forward in ways I had never even thought of. All right, Cheryl, we are going to pivot. Yes. I want to hear some thoughts on I think you have a really unique perspective on people that are like, I want to be an influencer. I want to break through, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram, you've interviewed so many people and you've dealt with so many people in this space. I want to get kind of tactical. And if somebody is out there listening to this and they're like, I want to break through that, what are some of either the mistakes that you see people make or things that you would recommend they do? I guess those could be two things. Those could be two separate things. I'll kind of give you the mic and let you run with it. Mistakes. Um, well, mistakes are uh, not doing something that they care about, or they're just like following what they think is popular. And it becomes very obvious uh, that you're just trying to do what you see other people are doing. Uh, and also not sticking with it long enough. I mean, I make that mistake also where I think, think that it should just make sense right away. And then I'm in my flow. It was meant to be. Um, and I'm not giving things the time to grow and like, I'm not committing to it. Right. Uh, and so, and also the, there's certain best practices, right? Consistency, uh, depending on what type of content you're doing, the quality factor, depending on the platform, there are best practices to those platforms. And so getting a sense of that, if you're not following that, if you're just creating your own rules, which great, be a rebel, but there's a certain reason why certain things work on these platforms. And if you're just going out of your way not to follow that or just throwing it all against the wall and seeing what sticks, like, like play with the framework. There's a framework for a reason and then get creative in that framework. Uh, and so what did you say? The things that people should do is hunker down on the things they're good at, uh, hunker down on the things that bring them joy. Uh, and then, you know, follow other accounts doing similar things. And this is where like the balance is between uh, inspiration and then using it as a way to make yourself feel like crap. Uh, like, I, you know, you need to compare yourself to yourself. The comparison game to others is just a recipe for disaster and will lead you down a deep, dark hole of anxiety and probably depression. Let's not go there. Uh, so look at like always one up yourself when you one up yourself, then that becomes you're comparing yourself to, Hey, like that's that you can do. If you're going to always be looking at other accounts that are killing it and this and that you can use that as inspiration, but um, don't go there. And I, I think seeing what they're doing and what's working and then, you know, being clear about what you want to do. Like what, what I always do is I create like a document and I'll say, okay, these are the types of accounts that I, that I love that are maybe huge. These are the ones that are more up and coming. What are they all doing that I like? What are they doing that I don't like? And then once I see that, I could kind of use that as a framework for how I want to approach what I do um, and then create a strategy. Right. So, you know, of when I'm going to be uploading, when I'm creating that content, 
what that aesthetic is, what does it look like, um, and what platforms I want to focus on. If I'm in food or fashion, I might be focusing on platforms, certain platforms more. If I'm doing more industry B2B stuff, you know, social media news, I'm going to be more probably on like LinkedIn and also Instagram. Maybe I won't even touch YouTube because YouTube's a right. whole other beast. So it's about knowing what your niche is and where to put that content because those audiences are in those places. I mean, I love your, your framework for looking at like, if whatever you're doing out there, this applies to any niche, look at the people who are like the biggest movers in that space, look at the up and comers and figure out what you like about it. You're not telling anybody to copy. You're not telling anyone to rip off. Instead, look at all of it and actually make a list. Take the time to do a spreadsheet or just a piece of paper, write some notes and like spend the time to brainstorm. I've seen so many people just be like, I'm just going to go live. I'm just going to talk about this stuff. Well, you don't have any consistent flow. You don't know how to interview. You're not paying attention to what's hot. Like, and it, it turns out- And being then practice. I would say then just yeah. do it because you learn through the act of doing. And I always say like the first thing you do will be totally different than the hundred thing you do, but keep Absolutely. going. And then even with me, as much as I, I practice these things all that time, like I myself, whether it be my personal YouTube channel, like what's trending even, I've so many teams we've had over the years, you'd be surprised how many times I'm always, almost like feeling like we're starting from scratch again. Every time, like even recently I have my current team we're talking about these best practices and I'm like, we've done this before. Well, I've done this. I haven't done this with this team. Right. So it feels like I'm in Groundhog's Day sometimes where they're like, we should be doing X, Y, and Z. I was like, yeah, well, if you looked at what's trending two years ago, five years ago, you could see we've done that, but happy to bring it back. But somehow between the teams, it got lost. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't even know where, but like, oh, where it was going. But it was, it was that what you do now will be totally different than what you do in the future, but you just got to keep on getting the reps in or else you're not, you're not going to be able to figure out what doesn't work and what works. That, I mean, getting the reps in is key because that is where you are going to figure it out. You can plan and plan and plan. The minute you start taking action, the plan becomes like a bullet point that kind of gives you a little bit of guidance and then you're, but you are, you're going to, you're always, always going to learn and grow through doing it. Yeah. Um, all right. Share the last question I have for you. We've talked about a couple different books on here, but I always like to get the number one book recommendation that people should read. What, what would you oh. point people to? Oh my God. Well, my favorite, if you're going through a rut, and you just feel like I'm, I don't feel excited about the things I'm doing anymore. I'm confused. I need some clarity. The artist's way is my favorite. It gets you into the morning journaling. Like I, as, as much as journaling is so part of me, like I'm one of those, if you said journal now, I'd be like, okay, here it goes. Like it's so, so easy. Three, four years ago, I was one of those, like I had this romantic idea of journaling. Like I, always love the idea of it, but doing it, it just wasn't in me and doing the morning pages, which they have as an exercise in this book, got me into it. After three months, you're like, it's just part of you. And then it, for me, I, I read that at a time where I felt like I was confused, um, about what I was doing and I wasn't feeling the excitement anymore. And so I was possibly going through a mild depression as well. Um, and it, it got me back to my childlike self Good. and like play and doing things outside of my work, which now is so part of who I am and what I do. And I even incorporate into my brand and my work, but then, you know, whether it be, and even, you know, that list of things, we all have 
a bucket list or even like a lower bucket list of things that we want to do on the weekends or places we see online and we say, okay, I wish I could go there. And then you keep saying that and then years fly by and that builds also resentment. You re start resenting yourself for not doing the things you wish you could do. And that also, by the way, is a big part of lowering your self-worth not following through on things that your heart is asking you to do. It's like the child in you saying, please, uh, Shira, please, like, can I go here? And you just be like, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. What does that make you feel? You start feeling less than the you, your like childlike self is like, I can't be heard or seen. And guess what? That ends up moving into other areas of your life where you're not like fully expressing yourself, being, you know, and shining your light into the world might sound cheesy, but it's so true. We all have our light. We all have that thing we need to be like sh expressing and how we need to show up. Well, that's how you, that's how you become your own biggest fan. Yeah. Right? Like, like, and that's how you figure out what is you, what's, what's your, like when everyone asks you, well, what, uh, what's your, um, angle or like, what's your voice? What's your point of view? Like we lose our point of view because we tend to package it for what we think, makes sense out of strategy and blah, 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 all the things like we are hearing or all the people we see, right? Like, so it's like all about coming back to you. I always say it's not about um, finding you, it's about being you, right? And that's like your biggest gift. So th that book really helped me find myself, like, be, find myself to be myself. And um, I just love that book. So definitely. And then it, it ends up like energizing you within the things you're doing, or maybe it pushes you towards another path that you wanted to pursue, but maybe didn't have the guts to, right? And we, or told yourself you shouldn't because of certain things. So I would say the artist way is like on my uh, list, the four agreements also. Great book. Uh, to just, is it to live a happy life? It's like, don't make assumptions, do your best. Uh, what it, oh my God, I always mess this up. What is it? Do you know the, the two others? Um, the thing that I took away from it, the biggest thing I took away was that other people's actions have nothing to do with you. That's like the biggest thing. When you get that, like that will change your life because you always think like, oh, they did that. Like your ego gets involved, but really the other person 99% of the time is doing the best that they can with what they have. And it has nothing to do with what you're doing. So, yeah. And sorry, I did Google. Uh, so I said happiness, but it's personal freedom. So for me, I always, I fall back on the four agreements when I'm feeling crappy and I'm like, just, you know, I go back, okay, well, how do I find my own freedom in this right now? Um, and so I say, you know, be impeccable with your word, which is integrity. Don't take anything personally, which is what you just said. Don't make assumptions, always do your best. And when I look at that and I fall back on that, I say to myself, I did as much as I could do. Like, it kind of becomes also a framework of letting yourself free of whatever shame or guilt or misunderstanding and hate that you're putting yourself through. Awesome. Kind of like its own Bible of sorts. I don't want to get a, into religion. But, it's yeah. a great book. It's short. It's easy. Yeah, so short. It's like you could literally have it by your bedside. Like as, a, as when you're dealing with something, you just come back to it. And it's like, it's a reminder. Awesome. Shira, yeah. thank you so much for coming on um, and sharing all the personal development stuff. I think people that tuned in got more than they bargained for with this episode, oh. which is great. Where can they find you? If people want to follow you, where should they go? 
Shira Lazar on every platform. And then you can see what's trending, Peace Inside Live, all the stuff I'm working on. Awesome. Shira, thank you so much for coming on to everyone else. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people, and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner, head over to deathtobadwebinars.com and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show, and we'll see you next time.